the 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Here we go, 4 o'clock hour. Ari's here in the Finley Toyota Studios. Company is Adam Hill. Good conversation there with Gary Washburn. NABJ and uh, NAHJ is in town tomorrow through Sunday, so we'll have uh, some cool things going on with uh, the folks who are here. Big convention. We'll line up some more guests during the week. Xavier Pope actually is going to be in town. Our attorney friend, cultural contributor, the Cofield and Company. He'll be on the uh, Friday show. Give me some crunch crunch. So while we're tracking what's going to happen with uh, Deshaun Watson and a potential NFL appeal of the six-game suspension handed down by Judge former uh, Judge Sue L. Robinson, we had the big news break that the Dolphins have been smashed. Stephen Ross, the owner, fined a million and a half dollars. They've lost a first-round pick. They've lost a third-round pick, all due to tampering with Tom Brady on multiple occasions. We've got another ownership issue that we'll get to here in a second. But in the division, the Raiders division, the AFC West, God, these injuries suck at this time of the year. I mean, we're just starting. Broncos wide receiver Tim Patrick, torn ACL, right knee. Wide receiver Sitch for Denver, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, not Tim Patrick. And then go on down the list from there, K.J. Hamler, Kendall Hinton, Montreal, Washington. So, not great. It sucks no. for Tim Patrick. No, I think Tim Patrick was, you know, obviously he's been a productive player and a very good player at this level. And, and part of the excitement for why the Broncos could be very good uh, was that Tim Patrick is a third receiver, yeah. is a luxury that not a whole lot of teams have in this league. Uh, so, yeah, you got to look at the depth chart and say KJ Hamler is probably, you know, the next guy up that you would expect to take a big step forward. Uh, Kendall Hinton, former quarterback. Hmm. <laughs> He's yeah. wide receiver that had to play quarterback during the COVID year. Uh, I mean, Sutton's big. It's tough. Patrick is hard to replace. He's 6'4". You know, some well, of these other receivers was the behind guy him that, are not the big guys. So he, he was a, he's a 50-catch guy. Get you, you know, half-dozen touchdowns. As you said, good three. But I think he was the guy that was going to probably take most advantage of Russell Wilson being there. And a guy that uh, can, you know, obviously take advantage of good matchups when all the focus is going to be on Judy and Sutton and Patrick is probably going to have a lot of one-on-one matchups, and he's probably going to be able to win a lot of those and get deep and cause a lot of damage to opponents. And to not have him is a big loss for the Broncos. So we got Dan Snyder and his yacht being tracked all around the world. He won't come back because he doesn't want to really officially mess with Congress. He's also facing local investigations. So that's still ongoing. So our buddy A.J. Perez from uh, FOS Sports, or, yeah, uh, the investigation led by uh, Virginia Attorney General uh, Office into the commanders, and Dan Snyder remains ongoing, probe launched after the House Oversight Committee shared info on alleged financial irregularities in April. That was that whole deal with a, a former accountant who said that Snyder was skimming from the other owners, was holding back monies, playing funny games with the books. So... Being investigated federally and locally by Virginia. This is wonderful. Well, that means he's going to just have to find a new place to take his yacht. <laughs> he's never coming back. No, why would he? He's never coming back. Yeah, Spend the entire NFL season in the Mediterranean. I was going to say you have to stop for supplies, but you can just have him flown in. Why not? God, what a what a life. Oh, you want to get me? I'll just be on my yacht. Good luck. 
Another significant injury yesterday, another wide receiver. Uh, Jimmy Washington, who used to be with the Steelers, James Washington, big target. I was like, Jimmy Washington? I know. Never James Washington, uh, fractured right foot. I didn't even watch the highlight. I don't want to see that crap. He no. came up uh, lame uh, after uh, going out six to ten weeks. Says the injury is similar to what uh, Demarcus Lawrence suffered last year, caused him to miss ten games. And now you're looking at again a situation with the Cowboys. Remember, they traded just sort of a number one. Ceedee Lamb is now the number one. Mari Cooper's gone. Behind Ceedee Lamb is Michael Gallup, who tore his ACL late in the season. After that, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown. I would think, but this is crazy too. Hey, let's bring in depth. Another ACL guy, Odell Beckham. Yeah, and they're gonna have to fight the Rams because the like Sean McVay keeps doing press conferences where he's almost just making it. He's talking about the receivers they have, and he's like including Beckham. Yeah, it's it's a very weird situation. (laughs) Like he's not on the roster, so it's it seemed like this is just gonna happen at some point, but it hasn't. And the Rams could be messing around here and losing him because now you not only have the Cowboys that I'm sure are going to be in, but I'm sure the Broncos are making a call too. So the Rams better get this done quick if they assume that he's on their roster. we got movie night going on at LV Ballpark. Let's give away a four-pack of tickets, a family four-pack of tickets. Friday, August 12th, a couple of Fridays from now, 7 o'clock, they show movies at LV Ballpark. The movie is Sandlot. You can grab your own tickets at Ticketmaster.com. Ari's got a four-pack right now. Caller 7-364-1100. We bring in the expert, the NFL insider, Miles Simmons from uh, from Pro Football Talk. We wanted to talk about a lot of the stuff on the field, but we just keep getting owner, suspension, fine, player issues. We'll get some more clarity on a lot of these stories from Miles. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. The sky's the limit for this offense, and it's going to be real deadly, just like I said, man, because you can put the ball in anybody's hands, and they, and they can take a, a hit from 80, or they can take, as you can see, they can catch a bone for 65. Everything is open, it's just like Waffle House. Everybody's open, man, 24 hours, dog. What, easy, what? There's easy day? Man, training camp, you lose sight of everything. Like national holidays such as that. Cofield and Company NFL Insider Miles Simmons from Pro Football Talk joins us now. I mean, Miami's become a wacky place with the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill talking about Waffle House. He's all chill, saying two is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry, your guy McDaniel sounds whacked every time I see him speak. He just reminded me, though. He, uh, he was talking about Yeezys. And, uh, well, it's easy day. I'm going to check if there's been a new drop in the last couple of minutes. And then apparently Steve Ross is melting down because he was fined a million and a half dollars and just lost a couple of draft picks for trying to recruit Tom Brady on multiple occasions. The games are back, baby! But we're talking about the stuff off the field. Miles, how you doing, buddy? Uh, doing great. Uh, allow me to quote Bill O'Brien when I say I love Rick Ross. So uh, that was that was nice. <laughs> Good. Particularly that song. I love that song. That song's great. God. The uh the the seven hundred just went on for for drawing right now. It is easy day, so happy easy day to everybody. Two sixty. It's a good price. Might have to jump on that uh, while we're waiting it, here. Oof. It's not a bad no, price. Let me though. let me check my app as well. Yeah, oh. it's not. <laughs> I've been checking all day. It's great. Uh, how do you? <laughs> how do you think? I mean, Mike McDaniel right now is the darling of everybody. 
Everybody loves the guys. The press conferences are hilarious, and I'm going to love them no matter what. But how will this go when they when they inevitably lose a couple games? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty much exactly the same as it already is, right? I mean, like, what what more do we need to know than, like, people are going to kind of start freaking out when people lose games? I mean, I'm not expecting the the Dolphins to win the AFC East, are you? What What's their over-under? Good question. I think it's around Sorry, I'm nine? really putting you on the spot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's right around yeah, I mean, 500. Yeah, which like makes sense to me, right? The Bills should run away with that division. I mean, if Miami has good things happen to them, then I could see them coming in second. You know, but like the Patriots are still there, even though what they're doing is kind of wackadoodle. But we got to give the benefit of the doubt to um, uh, I almost called him Bill O'Brien, Jesus, <laughs> Bill Belichick. So you know, like I don't know, that's that's not really where I expected we would start when we talked about the no. Dolphins today. If well, I'm being honest. Well, the, it is a big day for the Dolphins. Our read on what happened with the penalty this morning with all the tampering and everything that they were doing is that the NFL made a big show of the tampering charges and punished them to cover up the fact that they were clearly trying to pay off Brian Flores to lose games. Is that what you thought as well? Uh, it, I think that's definitely part of it um, because, look, the – when you have a situation like they did, where basically they say like, mm, yeah, Stephen Ross kind of did exactly what he was accused of doing. Um, but, you know, he might've been joking. And like, cause if you read that report, it says the context and you know, exactly what was said, it was kind of unclear and it was this and was that. Like that to me is saying there is circumstantial evidence to say it is more probable than not that yes, he did do this. And so that's why when you see the statement that got released by Stephen Ross today, where it's like, oh, we were cleared of uh, any tanking charges. Like, bro, no, you actually were not. <laughs> I, like, it, that's just not true. So, I mean, yeah, the, the tampering stuff though is super interesting because I just, I mean, we all kind of knew because it had been reported by Pro Football Talk, this Mike Florio, and also Ben Malen of the Boston Globe, that you know, Brady had been engaging with the Dolphins about potentially becoming an owner and then coming in and supplanting uh, Tua Tungabailoa for this season. I didn't know anything about the whole 2019 stuff. Like the fact that he was talking to the Dolphins in August of 2019 before that season even started, that kind of speaks to a lot of what was going on with the Patriots that season and how, yeah, he was already plotting how he was going to leave there despite everything that was going on. It's crazy. So this happens on the heels of yesterday's craziness uh, with Deshaun Watson. Uh, it feels like a year ago that the Deshaun Watson uh, penalty was handed down. A <laughs> uh, lot of reaction from a lot of different places. I guess just what was your first reaction to six games? Well, I wanted to know why. Um, and so we, you know, we got the news that it was six games. What, it was some point in like five o'clock, early six o'clock hour out here. And at that point, you know, there was no, uh, the, the, pub, the report was not public yet um, by Judge Sue Robinson. And so I, I wanted to know like, okay, why did she come to that conclusion? And so when uh, the 16 page report became public, I read it and, you know, I see what her reasoning is and I'm not the first one to say this, but I agree with this take. Like, I, I think she approached it as a lawyer, you know, and somebody who, has been a federal judge before and is like the stickler for the rules and what it should be by the book and all of these different things. And 
the difference between that and what we know the NFL's policies are is that this is about public perception, right? Whenever you have a conduct policy, it's about what people do in their private time and how that should affect what goes on when they are at work, right? And how their availability should be determined uh, when they're at work. So, and all that is to say, like based on what her conclusions are, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, that's enough. Six games, yeah, that's enough. Because he did exactly what the NFL uh, uh, you know, thought that he did, right? That's the conclusion that she came to. Um, and so it wasn't because he's somehow less guilty than XYZ. It, it's more just like she's trying to go by the book with what she thinks the penalty should be. And that's how we get to six games. And I don't know, man. It, it's I think it's hard to square that with 24 accusers. Although, like, to in this weird sense of being fair, that makes me feel like I'm defending Deshaun Watson, which is something I don't want to do. But I'm going to say it anyway. Like, I, when you have 24, that's a number, right? And, like, that is this huge number. And it's like, good Lord, what in the world was this dude doing? You have 66 massage therapists as reported by the New York Times, right? Like that is just this really huge number where you're like, how in the world? And then you get it down to what NFL investigators did, which was 12 of the accusers. And then they presented five to Judge Robinson. But of those five, only four were taken into account for the penalty because one of those accusations was just totally based on media reports. So all that is to say, I understand how she came to her conclusion, but at the same time, when it's six games, you're just like, hmm, is that really all? Well, let's throw in one correction. It's 23 games. He missed all of last season, and I'm completely ah. on board with this woman judged. That's, not, that's no okay, but, but Steve, that's it's not really twenty three games. Yes, it is. He missed yes, all it of is. Last, but he, no, but he missed all of last season not because he was suspended. He was not on paid leave. He was on the Texans roster. And frankly, if that trade had gone through uh, for the Miami Dolphins, speaking of them, then who knows that like what he would or not have started playing. I mean, the, the NFL did not ever put him on paid leave. So I I, I quibble with you saying that, you know, he the, was suspended. He I believe, wasn't suspended for I believe the NFL told the he Texans. Wasn't. If he had been... I believe behind the scenes fine, they told Steve, the Texans. I would agree with you. I believe they... T I get the fine part. I believe they told the Texans, don't play him. And guess what? If he had gone to the Dolphins, then something would have happened. He would have missed all of last season. He missed... He's, he's missed uh, yeah, 23 games. He's missed 23 games. And, like, we have to – there has to be some set of standards. Like, there has to be some – I agree. Some, like, some structure here. That's all – That like, both sides agree, right. the NFLPA and the league, really more the NFLPA, that you can't have judge, jury, executioner, and have it based on emotions. These are facts. Right. She yes. judged on the facts. That's the suspension. And if the NFL goes back now and tries to add more – I think they're bringing on this massive PR disaster. Like, it might make them feel good for a couple of days. You know, Raj is in favor of women, which, by the way, based on lots of other decisions, they're really not. Um, but this is this could – so then all of a sudden we could have an injunction, and then he's playing week one. He could play week right. one if they challenge it. Yes. This is and lunacy. So here, here's the thing, Steve, and, and I think this is somehow getting kind of lost in this discussion. Um I know that everybody likes to say that the NFL suspended 
Deshaun Watson for six games. That's technically not true, right? Because Judge Robinson is the independent arbitrator who was selected by both, the, who was agreed to, right? By both the NFLPA and the NFL. So really, when you think about it, it's the NFLPA and the NFL have chosen this person to come up with a disciplinary solution. It's not just the NFL. Now, if the NFL goes back and says, yeah, we're going to appeal this to the commissioner, and oh yeah, by the way, the commissioner is the one who gets to decide what the penalty is going to be, then yeah, the NFL is going to suspend him for that long. But it's it's not just the NFL suspended him for that long. And it's a nuanced thing, and I, and, and I get why people aren't necessarily going for it like that. But that, to me, I think is the difference, right? It's not just the NFL being the judge, jury, and executioner anymore. That, that's exactly why Judge Robinson is in the position she's in, because the PA and the NFL agreed to have her be in that position. So I, I don't know. But I, I, I do quibble with, you know, he, he was suspended for, la- like, it's not 23 games, man. It's not. He wasn't suspended. I was trying to find his stats from last year. It's tough. I can't find them. What, for Deshaun Watson? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! Oh, okay, Adam, that's that's very funny. I know he didn't play, but why didn't he play? Why, why didn't he, he didn't play? play? What was the he reason didn't he didn't play? play? The reason he didn't play was because was partially because a he he requested a trade, <laughs> and that trade never came through. And he was and he said, "I'm not playing for the Houston Texans anymore." And then he showed up to work, and they just like stood in the background. And everybody's like, "What the hell's going on?" And because all of these things happen, like. The trade request happened before we started finding out that, you know, Deshaun Watson allegedly was in massage parlors, you know, trying to uh, make turn them into sexual encounters, right? Like that, all of these things happened. The first thing that happened was he requested a trade. So I, again, he was not suspended. He, he had all of his money and he also was not on paid leave. So th- th- I, I just I disagree with this notion that he's missing those games because of like because he was no I, no. I mean, if, if it didn't happen, he would have played the game. It's not, whatever. We, oh, we can. Dis- How do you? No 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 no. <laughs> if he no Adam no 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 because he would have been traded. If that if the if if the accusations did not come up, he would have been traded, and, and then he would have. And then the league would have put him on the exempt list, and then he wouldn't. Then he would have still been suspended, just like he was in Houston. But it's it's a it's a agree to disagree. Uh, mm. We're never going to get to the bottom of that one. I will. I, yeah, Miles I Simmons, know. We're, Miles, it, it, we're we're going semantics here. Yeah, <laughs> Miles right. Simmons, pro football talk. I'm sorry to spring this on <laughs> you, but this story posted while we were talking, and it was posted by uh, your boss, Mike Florio. I'm, you might have seen it. Well, already. that means I, I haven't read it. Uh, <laughs> Tony Busby has called a Thursday press conference to talk about Deshaun Watson. Is he going to now throw a bunch of more accusers out, and now we're going to throw another wrench into this? Ooh. No. Uh, my understanding, at least based on what Busby, uh, based on what I believe is supposed to be in that post, and you are springing this on me, so I have not read it, but uh, my understanding is that he is having the Watson accusers come and talk about sort of the consequences that have resulted from not only uh, the suspension that has been proposed by Judge Robinson, but also the settlements. And Ashley Solis is apparently, who is the most prominent accuser of Deshaun Watson, is apparently supposed to be there and is apparently supposed to talk about this. I don't really know how good this is, what good this is going to do. Maybe it does put more pressure um, on the NFL to you know come back and say no, Deshaun Watson should be suspended for longer. Um, but yeah, that's my understanding of what it is. How good do you think Cleveland can be? Um, it's your, well, it's your team, Deshaun by the way. Watson. That, that's your favorite team. We know I, that. I mean, I mean, it's kind of my favorite team. It's kind of not. <laughs> 
But I have lots of favorite teams. Sure. I root for players. Sure. Like, I don't know. Anyway, uh, it's the team that you know plays in the city where I'm from. I, I, they, they can be really good. Look, th- their defense came on really strong at, toward the end of last season. I think they were fifth um, in total yards. Their, their points surrendered was not as good, but part of that is because of the quarterback who now plays for the Carolina Panthers and the fact that he you know couldn't stop turning the ball over. So, uh, you know, they can be really good, especially if Deshaun Watson is only suspended for six games. Like, they have a real shot at winning that division. Um, but they, if, if Deshaun Watson is playing more than half the season, then I at least expect them to make the playoffs. And, you know, they've got guys like Miles Garrett um, on defense, right? I mean, he's a defensive player of the year candidate last year. You've got guys like Denzel Ward, who's a really, really good corner and got paid like a really good corner. Uh, Amari Cooper is on that team, and it's easy to forget that now based on everything that happens with Deshaun Watson, it seems like every day. So they've got a lot of talent on that team. You know, of course, Nick Chubb and um, also Kareem Hunt, who's obviously the best running back tandem that Deshaun Watson's ever played with. And that takes pressure off of him as well as a QB. So yeah, they, they can be pretty darn good if Watson's out there. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be football because training camp is open and we have a football game coming up on Thursday, but it's really Football's the, back. It, well, uh, it's it's <laughs> crime blotter season. Uh, Alvin Kamara, hearing pushback again to after the start of the season, he's going to play week one, right? I would have to assume so, unless the NFL decides to put him on paid leave. But I don't know that, you know, I, I hate doing degrees of badness, but <laughs> I don't know that his crime would rate on the degree of badness scale to get him put on paid leave, if that makes sense. I mean, we'll see what the video shows. <laughs> maybe, maybe it does. That well, right, exactly. You know, once we, if we, if the public sees a video, then it could start rating on the degrees of badness scale, and, and like that's unfortunately that's what we have to like talk about on different things, <laughs> and, and what determines players' availability and what doesn't. Uh, sometimes we need to see the video. I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's. I, like I, I don't know if that's right, but I know that it's part of what is true. <laughs> So Miles, yeah. Miles lived here. He got in a couple fights outside of Dre's too, so he understands. <laughs> <laughs> Not true. Not true. No comment. Not true at all. Thank you, Miles. What's coming Thank up on you. What's coming up on Peacock? Uh, lots of good stuff is coming up on Peacock. We got PFT Live. Uh, the show's going on the road to Canton. I won't necessarily be, but the show will be there. Uh, so we'll have plenty of coverage from Hall of Fame weekend, and including uh, that broadcast that you were just talking about. Raiders Jags on the uh, Hall of Fame game that's coming up on NBC this week. Miles, thank you. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Talk to you next week. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today. One owns a meat slicer, the other an air fryer. It's the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. Did you drive to work in your own car today? Yes. All right, success. Only took a couple of days. Uh, Yesterday, folks, I come up to the building for the show, and there's Adam Hill standing there with his vicious dog barking at me from, like, 500 feet away. You're getting too close. I'm like, I don't even know what's going on. I just got out of my car. And Adam is holding this killer dog that is snarling and barking at me. You're you're approaching. Meanwhile, it wasn't your car. Uh, Your poor mom 
because the Hill Hostel has the entire Hill family in there, just about everybody. Um, she had to drive you into work and then pick you up because apparently on one of the monsoon days at the Raiders facility, Adam had the worst luck in back-to-back days, right? Back-to-back days? Yeah. You could ever have. You had a flat tire like in the at the height of the monsoon, right? Yeah, it Down was there. horrific. I, had, I was trying to get out of there. My tire was shredded. Uh, so I had a I had a spare, but I didn't have any of the tools to go with it. So I, I don't even know if I wanted to, if I would have wanted to change it anyway in that weather. We're uh, uh, we, we have both become very. I don't even know if it's a, like unmanly because I don't know if you. I think there's lots of women who can change tires. Oh, We've yeah. just become really really lazy and i'm sorry i'm lumping you in it's more me oh, like i used to change tires all the time i had you know i had older cars and i'm cheap so i would buy used tires i would i'd shred tire i was on a bridge one time yeah. in new brunswick new jersey and like slide sideways the tire just gets shredded i'm on this bridge and i'm just like nip, 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 just you know whatever that noise is to change the tire well, for, i used to do it all the time now for, now now i look at it i'm like nah i'm not doing it for me Call I, someone you know i literally know how to do almost nothing yeah. Like almost, I can. It's a miracle that I can fill my car with gas. Mm-hmm. But changing a tire is actually something I learned how to do, and I can do. I've probably done it three times, but I can do it. Yeah. But I also, it's opportunity cost thing too, right? Where it takes me a long time, and the weather was bad, and I pay for roadside assistance. Why would I not have it done? But I, I might have done it had I had the tools. I didn't. So, so you get a tire change. Yep. Then you find out the tire under warranty. To you, you can get a replacement tire, but the place you got the warranty from was closed, was closed on Sundays, and so then you paid a bunch for a tire, and then did you have a flat tire the next day? Another one? Yeah, another one. That that I'll say I've had everything happen to me in a car. Uh, I've I don't think I've ever had flat tires on back to back day. Maybe, but that that sounds crazy to me. Well, that's that is bad luck. And I was also. I don't know. It was the weather has been bad, so there might have been an issue there. Maybe, maybe they both happened at the same time. It just took longer for one to drain. I don't know, but yeah, the, the issue was that the place that I have a warranty from was closed Sunday, and I wanted to get it done because I had things to do Sunday night. So I went, got it done, paid for it, and then all of a sudden Monday it happens again. So I dropped it off. Actually, yesterday's was warranty. That was good. So yeah. it was free, but I should have had both of them warranty. I had to, so I had to pay that extra money and have two days in a row. I didn't have my car. It sucked, but taken care of now. We're good. We can move on. Hopefully. Yeah, I'm gonna seriously. Leave, I'm going to leave today. There's going to be another one. So tomorrow, you're actually not on Cofield and Company. Before you leave for the Hall of Fame game trip? No. What? What? I'm not going to Ohio. Wait, you're not going? No. I'm oh, going. that's right. You're going out of town somewhere else. Yeah. Um, I keep saying that, yeah. But you are going to be doing the morning show on R&R 920. Yes, I am. Tomorrow morning. Bright and early. Hill in the morning. You like these fill-in spots? Sure. I like I like waking up very early. Are you becoming more of a morning show guy? Do no. you want to do? Do we need to switch the lineup on the station? No. Do I need to put in a request? It throws my whole week into chaos. I'm going to have to stay up again tonight. My flight tomorrow. Actually, I have to remind me. I have to check in for my flight very soon here uh, <laughs> to make sure I get a list. But um, I'm going to have to stay up all night, do the show, then try to get a nap in before I jump on a plane tomorrow. It's, it, it throws my entire day into chaos when I do it, but I'll do it. I'm, I'm a team player. I'll help out. And the, the listeners demand hearing more of me, so that's the other thing. We will uh, start hitting the road a lot for football season. You know, every Thursday all year long we're at Silver 7s. Starting this Friday for, uh, well, I don't know, about the next five or six months, 
Football, football, football. The Friday Football Frenzy on Fridays. That's why it's called the Friday Football Frenzy. will be stationed at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. That's inside Treasure Island. We'll be live every Friday from 3 to 6. So starting up this Friday, you got the state-of-the-art 60-foot video wall plus 30 additional TVs. It's a fantastic place with great sports memorabilia. Full sports book. The betting kiosks are open 24-7. Food and drink specials like fish and chips with a beer. And you get to keep the glass. Parking and valet are always free. Really easy entry garage. We're out for Spring Mountain at Treasure Island. Up next, we had a big day of baseball trades. We'll find out what the odds updates are. Also, some football plays to get into, including the Hall of Fame game. Sam Peniatovich from Nesson and Fox Sports is on the way. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. It's Cofield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Tuesday, that means we check in with Sam Peniatovich from Nesson and FS1 and big day of baseball trades to get to in just a couple minutes, but really big couple of days in Massachusetts. And we like to cover the national scene when it comes to sports gambling. And it looks like they they finally did it. So what's going on in Mass in terms of sports gambling? I'd give the bill an A, which I think many people <laughs> thought going into the entire process, the bill wouldn't get done, number one. And number two, well, they're going to screw it up somehow. But really, the compromise between the House and Senate in committee was solid. They come out of the bill, 20% tax on mobile, 15 on retail. So look, a little high, but not crazy. And again, this doesn't come out of the player's pocket. It taxes the book. It doesn't tax the player. And the big issue, the big bugaboo in Massachusetts was college sports. The House didn't want any regulation. They're like, you could bet on whatever college you want. And the Senate said no college at all. So the compromise between that was you can bet on college teams that aren't in Massachusetts. However, if Boston College makes the college football playoff, which they won't, you can bet on them in tournament form. Or if UMass makes the NCAA tournament, you can bet on them. So a really strong compromise. And now the biggest question is, when can I bet? And look, this state moved mountains to get this thing done. Um, I know that they're ready to rock and roll at MGM Springfield at Encore Boston Harbor. I think retail is first. And by that, I think you could walk into a casino in probably October and make a bet at the end of October on the NFL. And then mobile's a different story. Maybe mobile's on January 1st. But it is coming here after a lot of doubt, my friend. Sam Panionovich talking about uh, Massachusetts finally passing uh, the necessary legislation to get sports gambling going. Only seven licenses, so I guess that means some big companies might be shut out. Well, there are five physical locations and then there's the option or the opportunity for seven additional mobile licenses. So we could see more than people think. Um, Encore is probably going to be WinBet. You've got Springfield, which will be MGM. Plain Ridge Park will be Barstool. Two racetracks, Suffolk Downs and Raynham Park. Uh, you would imagine DraftKings and or FanDuel go in there. Um, and then there's, of course, the opportunity for others that want to join the party. But, I mean, look, this is going to be – one of the bigger markets. Um, I think by the end of 2023, let's say we get a full calendar year in from January to December, I think Handel's probably 
a top five state. Ooh. Definitely a top ten. Definitely top ten. Okay. Um, I think there's potential for top five in handle across the country. Wow. It's that intense, huh? The fans here are insane. The gambling is insane. If you ask ten people, do you gamble right now? The answer, like for a male sports fan, if you ask ten of them, six of them have a bookie. They do. So that's going to go into the legal markets now. And there are a lot of people, too, that I work with um, that live in New Hampshire or Rhode Island, and they, like, speed home to get their bets in because they can't, you know, you can't bet in Massachusetts. So, and I think it was what? They they estimated that $20 million left the state for the Super Bowl wow. to bet in either um, New Hampshire, New York, Connecticut, or Rhode Island. $20 million one day, one fell swoop. So the market is big here. The appetite is big. Um, and I expect this to be a really big state for handle. So next year, we're talking to Sam Paniotovich, our gambling expert on Tuesdays. So next year, Hall of Fame game. We have no idea who's going to be in it, but we know the Raiders are in it this Thursday. Folks will be able to bet the Hall of Fame game, which sounds, again, from for people outside of uh, Nevada, we've talked about this forever, that people do bet preseason games. And I remember years ago, you know, you'd have idiots who cover the NFL who were like, ah, oh, degenerate gamblers. I mean, the logic is for most professional gamblers that you actually have maybe a little better shot in getting some information that gives you an edge versus the regular season. So sometimes preseason games are worth nice plays. Well, we've already seen that you know Trevor Lawrence isn't going to play. There's a lot of reports about who's going to play for Vegas and who's not. But even in the last week, it's wild. People are like, well, who would bet on the preseason? On July 23rd, the opening total was 33 and a half. And you look across the board right now, I got the Vegas books up. I mean, Circus 30 and a half, Westgate's 30 and a half, South Point's 30 and a half. So already in the last eight days or so, the line has moved down or the total has moved down three whole points. That's substantial, and there's going to be some late money uh, that probably comes in. Uh, you know, we might see this like 29 and a half, and then the people that realize that it's the bottom are going to probably go for that, you know, middle, and they're going to have under 33 and a half and over 29 and a half. And if it lands 17, 13, that's the nuts. Um, but the uh, Hall of Fame game, I, I will warn you, if, if you haven't watched it before, it's <laughs> pathetic football. It is not good. Um, in fact, that one of my best friends, he's done this for the last five years. He's hit it. He he does the suicide teaser. You know what that is? No. He teases the over and the under, and then the favorite and the dog. You get ten points. Ooh. So you're essentially so if the total's thirty and a half, you have over twenty and a half. <laughs> you have under forty and a half, and then with this number, pick them. You have both teams plus ten. Now, it's it's a suicide teaser because you're rooting against yourself on pretty much every single play. But, I mean, Steve, you've watched these games. The final score is always like 17-16. So, like, no team ever really pulls away, and there's not a million points. Um, I, I, I'm not saying you should do a suicide teaser, but if there's one game that is proven to be sort of teaser-proof, it's the Hall of Fame game because these are always just ugly rock fights, low-scoring Usually it comes down to the final six minutes. I, I look I, this this Raiders and Jags game is it's probably going to be eighteen fifteen final. <laughs> What's the cost on a teaser like that? For four legs yeah. at ten points yeah. each, yeah. Uh, it's about minus one ten. Really? Okay. 
Uh-oh. I'm not saying, look, the juices this is are not, flowing. not do this. The square chair, Cofield, the juices are, you know what happens every time we do this. You know, your next, your next answer, I'll be uh, going up to the web and trying to put the bet in. <laughs> I'm an easy mark. I'm an easy well, mark. Oh, it's so funny, too, because the people will go, yeah, I heard Sammy P give a four-team teaser on Cofield and Company. Uh, like, it's like, look, it's the Hall of Fame game. Right. We're having some fun. This is not strategy you should ever implore no. on a week-to-week basis in the NFL. Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, and Fox Sports is with us. He's our Cofield and Company betting expert on Tuesdays. All right, so as we're looking at win totals, you know, a lot of people are putting down their money now on the win totals. Uh, we'll get to the Browns here in a second, but – have the pros been kind of going hog wild on any teams in the NFL? Can you see what they like? Oh, yeah. And I've talked to multiple bookmakers. And these are the same guys last year, Steve, that were telling me, all right, there are two sharp darlings. Philadelphia was over six and over six and a half wins. And the Eagles win nine games, make the playoffs. The other sharp darling was Cincinnati, over six and a half. And they go all the way to the Super Bowl and lose to the Rams. Now, that's not to say that these two teams are going to have similar success, but there are two teams this year that odds makers are eyeing. And the first one is the Detroit Lions. And it's not in the market to win the division or to win the conference or whatever, but the wise guys have been pretty bullish on them going over the win total. And you can find, even in Vegas, you can find six and a half right now. Minus 115. A couple books have minus 120. But that's a team that is clearly getting some respect from Detroit. Um Quarterback aside, that's a very good roster. You know, the receivers are good. The offensive line has been solidified. They drafted Penay Sewell last year. Uh, they get on the defensive side, they get Aiden Hutchinson this year. So they've been building from trenches out, and that's usually a good sign. And look, Jared Goff is not going to win an MVP, but Jared Goff has also been a serviceable player on a team that went to the Super Bowl. So let's let's not act like he's Rex Grossman. Even Rex Grossman went to a Super Bowl, as I say that. So if the Lions, if their wide receivers are better, then the market understands that's a team that could easily win seven, eight games. And the Sharps are betting Detroit over the win total, over six and over six and a half. The other team, you're probably going to laugh, but it's Jacksonville. And this is not just win total over six and a half at minus 110 or plus 100 if you shop around and get the right price. But I know people that have made several positions on Jacksonville to win what is perceived to be a very wide open AFC South. And if you look in the market right now, some books have 7-1, to one, some books have plus 750. The Titans have gotten rid of several players, including A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, and Ryan Tannehill is nothing special. The Colts, yeah, they have Matt Ryan, but Matt Ryan's almost 40 years old. And the Texans have Lovey Smith and Davis Mills at quarterback. So there is an avenue where if Jacksonville overachieves, they go over the win total, 6.5, and, and they could contend for a division title – this, this is a weird division. It, it's like NFC East light. You and I talked about the NFC East. There hasn't been a repeat champion since 04. The AFC South has been just as strange, man. And those are the two teams from what the bookmakers tell me. Win total over Detroit, Jacksonville, and several sprinkles on the Jacksonville Jaguars to win the AFC South 7-1 or higher. Baseball, blockbuster of all blockbusters. Nats send Juan Soto to the Padres. There's not many players that change baseball odds significantly, but there's been some movement here with the Pod Squad. Yeah, and we're we were focusing on this at Nesson, you know, earlier today. The trade goes down just before twelve o'clock Eastern, 
and you were looking at the boards and you were seeing 11 to 1, 12 to 1, 12 to 1, 15 to 1. Superbook was first to drop down. They went down to 10 to 1. And then you saw some late travelers. Points bet went to 8 to 1. Caesars went to 8 to 1. But then they moved back up. So it'll take probably the rest of the day, maybe even the rest of the, the week to settle. But I, I looked at this. I took a screenshot of this because I wanted to just show you where the Westgate was at 12 Eastern. Yankees three to one, Dodgers seven to two, Astros four fifty, Mets nine, Padres ten, Braves twelve, Blue Jays sixteen. That's a lot of traffic at the top there, and we know the Yankees are the betting favorite, and the Dodgers are right there. I still like the Dodgers to win the World Series, but even after acquiring Juan Soto, there are still four teams, according to the Westgate that have better odds to win the World Series. Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Mets, and then the San Diego Padres. Westgate had them a 10-1 around lunchtime. Sam Paniadovich is with us here on Cofield and company from Nesson, from Fox Sports, so tracking what happened today with the uh, baseball trade deadline. Last thing to get to. Oh, you know, we do have one more baseball thing to get to. You know, in that list of odds, we didn't mention the White Sox. And this guy's an easy oh, target, stop. but my lord, Tony Larusa at the start of the game yesterday is caught on camera, nodding off. I mean, when is enough enough? They have a chance to save their season. What are they waiting for? Get rid of him. It's time for a change. They will not fire him this year. It will not happen. Unreal. I would be stunned. Well, because Reinsdorf, Jerry Reinsdorf, the owner of the White Sox, launched Larusa in the eighties. And said, to date, it's the biggest mistake of his career as a pro sports owner. So, Tony La Russa will be here. And I would even go as far as to say he won't even get fired at the end of the season. They'll probably, oh. you know, put him around the boardroom and go, hey, we're going to we're gonna kick you upstairs. You know, we're not going to embarrass you, but we're going to move you into the front office. And then they'll bring somebody else in. But it's a joke, man. I mean, they're, they're right there. They were two games out last night. He's falling asleep in the first inning as they're introduced in the starting lineups. It's bad. I don't. I mean, and the team is just not good either. It's an right. average baseball team. It's very disappointing. Um, one last thing, I wanted to pivot here real quick. Um, you know, a lot of people are chasing this Juan Soto, Padre World Series market, but if you have outs on NL MVP, like I saw a fifty to one earlier today on Juan Soto. Now that number is long gone. Um, there was a range from thirty to one to fifty to one. Like some books had thirty, some had thirty-five, some forty, forty-five, fifty. If, if the Padres continue to stay hot and this kid goes off, look, 30 to 1 is not going to be available long. I don't love 30 as much as I love 50, but there is a very realistic scenario where Juan Soto just goes bananas in August and September and he closes the gap or he closes the gap between the, uh, the Paul Goldschmidt's of the world and he's a contender. Even at 30 to 1 right now, remember this time last year, Bryce Harper was like 100 to 1 to win the NL MVP, and he took home the title. So keep an eye on that market, too. Juan Soto, NL MVP. There are some legs there. Boy, that would be interesting. He's hitting 246 of 21 and 46, homers and RBI. But, I mean, he could go, who knows, he could go 15 and 50 over two months. And you're right, if the Padres make a big run, it is open. It's not like you know Goldschmidt's numbers are blowing the doors off people. He's not going against Aaron Judge. No. By the way, what do you think of that? We've had a big argument uh, on Cofield and Company. Uh, most of the guys are on the side of Otani. I tried meekly to pitch 
Aaron Judge. I don't know why I have to fight for Aaron Judge. What do you think is going to happen with the AL MVP? Did you see the market move, though, earlier this week? They moved Judge to minus 400. Yeah. So, you know, this was a 1-2 race. You know, they were both around minus 110 two weeks ago or so. Aaron Judge, it feels like he's homering every single night now. And if he hits 62 home runs, breaks a Yankee franchise record, and the Yankees win 100 games, he's winning the award. He might not be the most valuable player. I think Otani's more valuable. But given the run that he's on, I mean, we haven't seen an American League player. You know, the record, the American League record is 61. Roger Maris, you know, McGuire, Bonds, and Sosa, all National League cats. If he breaks the American League home run record and the Yankees (laughs) win 100 games, they're going to give him the award. And the market says that right now. Minus 400. Yep. All right, Tim. Good times, man. Lots to talk about. We'll talk to you next week. All righty. See you. Sam Peniatovich on Cofield and Company. Let's do a giveaway right now. Two tickets to 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest four-day festival, September 29th to October 2nd at the Orleans. Right now is a BOGO special. Buy one ticket, get one free. Use BEER22 as the code orleansarena.com to get your own tickets. But Ari's got a pair of tickets. Four-day festival, late September into October. 7-0 Brew Oktoberfest. Caller 7364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.